Hello. Hi. Welcome. Podcast. Um. Hello. It's Phil May, and I'd like to welcome everyone who has decided to tune in today to the inaugural. Inaugural? Inaugural episode of PH5. What is PH5? What are you listening to right now? Um, I'll give you a little bit of background on where this concept came from. And then I think we should just dive right into it. So, back when I was unemployed and severely depressed after finishing university in 2013, I didn't really know what was going on, and I started writing and editing for a music blog, Bearded Gentleman Music, based out of Utah, and I began to do a monthly feature where I would wrap up my five favorite albums of the month. feature was called Phil's Five, and hopefully when you pictured those words in your head, you imagined the five with a PH as well. Because Phil has PH, unless you're Spanish. Um, it was an enjoyable feature for me. It was a lot of fun to spend some time reflecting on what had just come out in the previous weeks and how it kind of related to what was going on with me in my life. Uh, fast forward a few years, I started to figure out my life uh, got busy working in the marketing industry. Uh, and that all came crashing down with COVID last year. And I currently find myself back in school for music and just deciding to completely indulge in that realm of things once again. It's a massive passion of mine and I'm still listening to music with the same ferocious, ferocious? Ferocious intensity that I was back in those days. So this podcast is an extension of Phil's Five, except uh, I'm going to be talking. And when you talk, you don't really know what's going to happen, especially with me. I don't really know what I'm going to say. I have a few ideas about what I want to say. But I really don't know what the hell is going to happen here. So let's just roll with it. I don't even listen to podcasts. That's not a flex. That's just me being an idiot. I really should. So hopefully this thing works out. Hopefully you guys can take something out of this. And hopefully I can too. This is going to be a way for me to kind of not only process the music that's been released over the past little while, but process my life as well and I find that my life is intrinsically tied to the music that I listen to so it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds and will make for great reflection at the end of the year where I can kind of trace my steps of progress throughout the year and how it relates to the different albums that I listen to could be really boring, could be kind of interesting, we'll wait and see. 
So, I'm gonna have a sip of coffee. Mm. And let's get started. I remember reading a quote on some hip-hop message board that I used to go to back in the day. Uh, the quote was, guys love lists, and I mean, it's, it's right, you know? I, I can't argue with that at all. Uh, I love making lists, I love listing things, and sometimes it, it doesn't really make sense to list the things that I end up listing. For example, I mean, taking a look at the five albums I've got here, I've got, you know, like a hip-hop instrumental album, an R&B album, a bunch of really heavy records. Does it make sense to list these? How can one genre that is so disparately different than the next be objectively better? Uh, it's not objectively better. So that is my caveat number one for pH 5 is that this is entirely subjective. I don't think that any of these records are better per se than the others. I just like them a little bit more. Um, and my caveat number two actually that I think is important to mention is my bias. Uh, a, an intelligent man, he's an idiot, but he's also pretty smart a few months ago taught me that it's important to always announce your bias. So going into this, I do have a bias towards heavier, darker music. I try to listen to everything that I possibly can, but ultimately it's that type of music, that style, that tone that resonates the most with me. So I'm probably going to be giving more preference to things that sound like that. So just so you're aware, there will be probably a heavy bias towards heavier music, but I'm gonna try my absolute best to include everything that I possibly can. That being said, let's actually get started with number five, The Body. I've seen all I need to see. Is that what the album's called? Yeah, something like that. I've seen all I need to see. Anyway, uh, does anyone here, has anyone listened to The Body? You can't answer me, this is a podcast. Uh, the Body have been around for over a decade now. Going on two decades, actually. Um, out of the Connecticut scene, they make what is, I'd say, this is objective now, stepping away from subjectivity, objectively some of the most horrifying music that I've ever heard in my life. Um, it's basically a horror movie set to audio, but a lot scarier because the sheer terror that they managed to convey is, is, is unlike anything else that I've ever heard. This is their first album as the duo that comprises them in a few years. These guys are very prone to collaborations, having collaborated with Hacks and Cloak, uh, Thou, 
full of hell, etc. So this is their first... I don't want to say solo, because there's two guys in the band, but the first The Body Only album since 2018. And it, it really packs a punch. So they've described this album as being an elegy to distortion. And it makes, makes a lot of fucking sense. Honestly, you, right from the get-go, you're hit with waves of distortion. Everything is just shrouded in this thick, disgusting, messy veil of distortion. The vocals, the drums, the guitar. I don't even know if there is guitar. It's just so just washed out and hard to really pick up. Um, but it's extremely effective. I mean, they really know how to set a mood and sustain it. And that mood is sustained across the entire record. The body is just two guys, um, a drummer and a guitarist, but I would say their producer who they've worked with extensively for the past few records is basically a third member of the band at this point, and that especially shines through in this album. Uh, the distortion is an instrument at this point, and it, it's just really effective. Uh, it's not an easy listen, as I'm sure you've managed to pick up by now, uh, but it is worth taking the time to go through it just for the sheer exhilaration and almost visceral experience that it provides you. It's scary shit, and um, it's gonna fuck with your head. Uh, the vocals are that classic body, high-pitched, shrill wail that isn't quite a scream. It's impossible to make out what he's saying, but you know that it's some... It's probably gonna be some messed up shit. Uh, the drums, every single hit sounds like the Hulk is playing drums, because he just smashes the shit out of the set every single time. And, yeah. It's wild. It's, uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite of theirs. Um... They had an album a few years ago that really kind of brought pop sensibilities into the fold. That's probably my favorite, just it made it a lot easier to actually digest and listen to. This This particular album isn't one that you're going to probably be listening to a lot, uh, but you will be picking it up every now and then just to experience the sheer terror that it manages to bring upon you. Um, Usually, I will recommend a track or two from the record that I like the most for people to check out if they're interested, but there's really nothing. You've got to just sit and listen to this one from start to finish. It's, uh, it, it seems kind of negligible to pick out one piece of this disastrously monstrous puzzle. You just got to sit down, put it on, and uh, hang on for dear life. So that is... Number five, the body, I've seen all I need to see. On the number four spot, we have Madlib and Sound Ancestors. Now this is Madlib's first ever solo album. He's a legendary producer. Uh, he's worked with Jeez, who hasn't he worked with? He's got those high-profile 
records with Freddie Gibbs. He's produced for Earl Sweatshirt. He uh, he was one half of the Mad Lib MF Doom collaboration album. Um, so this guy is a legend. He's been around for a long time, and it's almost surprising that this is his first foray into a solo venture. Um, and not only is it his first ever solo record, but Fortet is the one who mixed it, aka Kieran Hypton. I think that's how his name is pronounced. It's Israeli, so I, I don't really speak Hebrew, but it's something like that. And getting Kieran to mix his record was a really inspired choice because if any of you have listened to Fortet or any of these other various projects, you know that a crisp mix is something you can always come to expect. And the way that the sounds are laid out on this record is just... The only way I can describe it is that every single sound that you would want to hear the most is accented at any given time. He just has a fantastic ear for music and picking out the best parts of any given song and making them the clearest and most presentable to the audience. So, uh, Madlib is, he's a sampling guy, right? That's what he does. So, across this record, there are samples of lots of different genres. Jazz, um, Afropop, Afrobeat. A lot of African music is actually brought into the play here. And it's really interesting to listen to because it's hard to figure out what's being sampled wholesale, what's, uh, what are just different pieces or different tracks that are kind of melded together to create these songs. And I mean this as a compliment because everything just fits and everything sounds so well together. Uh, you can really tell the care and joy almost that Madlib put into putting this record together. It's uh, almost like an ode to the joy of discovery. You know, he's, this guy's a guy who's probably listened to tens of thousands of archive music, you know, crate digging through millions of records to find these sounds that he's uh, sampled for other artists. So you know that if this is the music that he's choosing to put together for his own solo record, this is music that really means a lot to him. And you can tell in, in the care that everything's pieced together. Uh, it's almost like he's presenting us these songs and just kind of stepping back as if to say, listen to this, how cool is this? Uh, the album flows together in a beautiful way as well. Uh, again, as I mentioned, he touches upon lots of different genres, but uh, taken as a whole singular piece, everything just fits. It's a, it's a masterful display of sequencing and uh, mixing on behalf of Fortet. Uh, amazing record. And again, surprising that it's his first ever solo record, and I can guarantee that over the next few months, we're gonna see a lot of rappers starting to hop on some of these instrumentals, probably as Lucy's, 
Um, maybe somewhere down the line, he'll re-release his record with rappers rapping on the actual beats. Um, but regardless, it's a fantastic journey through different styles of music that you probably haven't paid much attention to before. Uh, kind of like a sampler pack of... I don't want to say global music, um, but a sample pack of, of genres and styles of music that us here in North America probably aren't that accustomed to. So, number four is Mad Lib, Sound Ancestors, mixed by Fortet. I can't pick a single track from this one. This is, again, one of those albums you just kind of have to start from the beginning and let the guy guide you through this wonderful journey of sound. Next up, number three, is Jasmine Sullivan with Hotels. So this is a very traditional R&B type record. It's R&B kind of in the style of say like the the 90s in that a lot of the instrumentation is live and organic um, not as based on 808s and DAWs as a lot of other modern R&B is it's a it sounds like a band could play this album essentially sorry about that did you hear that I could edit that out who cares um, so the instrumentation, very organic, almost live sounding. Uh, this is a record that's going to sound amazing live when she eventually does go on tour. And the subject matter is very interesting because nowadays in R&B, I mean, basically every R&B artist, male-wise anyway, is that sad, wistful, horny guy, you know? Like, oh, you know, I, I get a ton of bitches and it sucks. Right? That's the, the that, that's kind of the whole conceit of it, um, if you ask me. Uh, Jasmine's one of the first female R&B singers, I think, that is adopting that kind of persona, um, flipping it on its head in a very transgressive way to kind of let the world know that, hey, women experience this exact type of emotion. And... The songs are about her different hookups and uh, feeling regret about them and just wanting to go back for more anyway. All stuff that I think any of us can relate to. And what I think makes this album really special is the fact that she's featured a lot of different women on various interludes throughout the album, telling their own stories about sex and the relationship with the men in their lives and their relationship with sex. We don't get a lot of that, um, you know, plain spoken narratives about black women's relationship with sex. So it's very eye-opening It's it's and, and vital in its way because these are voices that need to be heard and it's a perspective that isn't, we don't get enough of this perspective. So. It's a, it's, a, it's a great album, and I really like how she's brought lots of different women into it. Just so that you know that this album isn't necessarily... It's not about her, 
It's about everyone that goes through what she's going through. And by bringing all these different women into the mix, it just shows you like to the audience, to the women out there who may be listening, you're not alone. Listen to all of us. We're all going through it. So it's okay that you are too. And it's okay to talk about it. Uh, I'd say, ironically, one of the weakest parts of the album is the Anderson Pack feature. So uh, as soon as a man comes into play, that's when things kind of get a little bit boring. So big shout out to Jasmine Sullivan for this record. It's a fantastic listen from start to finish. Uh, and it's another one of those album albums where, again, I think to really get the full sense of it, you need to listen to it from start to finish. Uh, now, that being said, there are a few songs that I do like more than others. I would definitely recommend Girl Like Me featuring her. Amazing song. And Pick Up Your Feelings. So that, at number three, is Jasmine Sullivan with Hotels. Uh, the number two and number one positions are kind of interesting because I really couldn't decide where I wanted each album to go. It kind of changes day by day which album I wanted to put as number two and which I wanted to put as number one. Again, ultimately, it doesn't matter because this is just a silly podcast and I'm just some silly guy who thinks people might care about what my opinions are. So it doesn't really matter what the order is. So um, I'm just going to arbitrarily pick one of the two as my number two. How about we go with... Okay. We're going to go with Eyelet, The Devil Shining Out Your Eyes, as my number two. So this is, I'm kind of cheating a little bit with this one, because technically this album came out December 31st, 2020. Uh, but I'm assuming it had been 2021 somewhere in the world when this was released. So I'm going to count it anyway. Um, Eyelet is, how do I even describe these guys? They're a heavy band. Uh, I heard them described once as emo metal, which is silly and doesn't really make any sense and doesn't really mean anything. But honestly, I don't know how else better to describe them. Um, the first few months of this year, I was absolutely, sorry, the first few weeks, Jesus. First few weeks of this year, I was absolutely obsessed with this record. And upon reflection I can't really decide if that's because nothing else had really come out yet and I was just desperately thirsty for new music um, it also probably has a lot to do with uh, my pretty fucked up mental state at the beginning of this year uh, but it's a savagely angry vicious record um, that kind of brings together all your favorite parts of various heavy music into one neat little gumbo. Um, describing the album to my friend a while back, I tried to describe it as imagine your favorite parts of all your favorite heavy songs 
and they basically just strung together all those favorite parts into one full album long song. And the record really does flow together as one long song. It's a, it's a 26 minute long album, so it's not that hard to take in. And it, it, it really is something that you need to listen to from start to finish, <laughs> like every other fucking album I've talked about, apparently. Um, but this one, absolutely, because that's how it functions. Uh, it's sequenced as one long song. The way that it, the tracks are mixed together is one continuous song. Um, they are kind of chopped separately on the track listing, so you can jump from one to another, but it all flows together as one living, breathing piece of pissed off music. Uh, I haven't heard much about these guys on online or any buzz around this album on all my favorite punk and hardcore websites, so um, I find that really baffling because this is definitely one of the best pieces of heavy music that I've listened to in a while, and it's extremely catchy too. Uh, these are guys that know how to make heavy music catchy. They know how to write riffs and have rhythmic sections that just stick to your brain and you find yourself kind of thinking about them and wanting to play it on repeat and repeat and repeat like I did for the first few weeks of the year. So big recommendation there. And again, no one really knows them, so you're going to be really cool if you check them out. Just saying. So that's number two. Eyelet, the devil shining through your eyes. At my number one spot, and you know what, upon reflection, I think this is deserving of the number one spot, because it really is a special record, uh, is Portrayal of Guilt with We Are Always Alone. So a little bit about these guys, they're from Texas, they've been... They're kind of like your classic hardcore band in that, yeah, they'll put out a full length every few years or so, but they're always busy doing other stuff, releasing EPs or releasing splits with other records and just touring vehemently. Um, their last full length was back in 2018, and that was Let Pain Be Your Guide. And around that time, I mean, look at the title, Let Pain Be Your Guide. Like, these guys always kind of seem to veer very close to self-parody with uh, the content of their lyrics and the song titles and the album titles and all that. Like, okay, yeah, we get it. You're super sad. Um, you're angry. Life sucks, blah, blah, blah. Again, it, it almost seemed a bit too on the nose. Um, but... What makes this record really special is they've really just doubled down on it all to a point where you realize, okay, they're not kidding. Like, this is really what they think about the world. This is really how sad and desperate and lost they really are. You can hear it. It, 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 ain't, it ain't no joke with these guys. Um, so the album itself kind of blends together a bunch of different heavy music styles like black metal and screamo and power violence and in the past they kind of confine themselves to shorter outbursts of music short songs that rarely ventured over a minute um 
what makes this album really special is how much time and effort they put into the actual songwriting process. Uh, a lot of the songs venture over the three minute to four minute mark. Um, the actual structure of the songs have expanded significantly. Uh, they're writing songs now instead of just writing parts uh, and, and piecing them together. The production value on the album has significantly increased. Uh, it, it's just a massive step up in every single way from what they've done in the past. And it's, it's a record that I think in a normal non-COVID world would function almost like Deaf Heaven's Sunbather in that it could blow them up to almost a mainstream audience if they were able to tour behind it and get the right promotion behind uh, the music because it, it really is such strong, powerful, forceful music and the way that they've managed to blend all these different styles together into one cohesive form is, is special and I, I don't think I've heard a band do it as well as they're doing it right now. But unfortunately, you know, we're in the middle of COVID and as absolutely breathtaking as I'm sure a live show behind this record would be, we're not gonna get it, uh, at least not anytime soon. So we're left to just imagine and unfortunately these guys are probably not going to get that acclaim and that propulsion to stardom that they deserve from this record because of that. So do them a favor, do yourselves a favor and check it out. It's a it's an intense ride, but it's just it's it's really unlike anything you've ever heard. Their dedication to the nihilism of the music is it's incredible recommended songs would be the last two tracks i'm just generally like a last two tracks kind of guy anyway but they really nail it with these ones uh, my immolation being the second last and the last being the title track so that is my number one pick for january 2021 portrayal of guilt we are always alone just going to quickly run through everything that I mentioned today as kind of a summary, if you will. So number five, we had The Body with I've Seen All I Need to See, kind of like a intense doom noise album. On number four, we had Mad Lib with Sound Ancestors. Um, we'll call it an instrumental hip hop album, but God, it, it, it's really so much more than that. Uh, number three, we have Jasmine Sullivan with Hotels, which is, again, kind of a traditional R&B record. Number two, we have Eyelet with Let the Devil Shine Out Your Eyes. Uh, this is, we'll call it, let's call it an emo metal record. Fuck it, who cares? Makes sense to me. And number one would be Betrayal of Guilt, We Are Always Alone. Let's call it, let's call it a Screamo record. Why not? So that's it for this week. That's it for this month. It's going to be a monthly ongoing thing. Uh, 
maybe a few special episodes interspersed every now and then. But we'll see. I don't want to take up too much of your guys' time. And, I mean, there are enough other podcasts of white guys who think the world needs to know what they have to say out there. So you can just listen to all those in the meantime. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, This has been PH5. This is the first episode. I've never recorded a podcast before, so please get back to me with any thoughts, feedback, comments. If you'd like to be on here with me one day, I would love that. Let's do it. And if this was a little bit shaky, bear with me. I'm sure as we go, I'll get better and better. So once again, PH5, Phil May, signing out. Bless.